0: I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C.
1: You know who it is, Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports.
0: This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. We've got one of the 70 greatest Redskins of all time joining us today. Former pro bowler Ken Harvey joins the show. Ken, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Not a problem, not a problem. Crazy, crazy world we're living in. (laughs)
0: Uh, That's why it's nice to have sports to talk about sometimes.
1: You know what? I I was telling someone earlier that um, how important sports is and you don't realize it, but even with COVID, we needed a sense of normalcy and sports provided that, right? And so where people think it's only a game and it's only sports, people had something to look forward to on Sundays or Saturdays or whatever. And that kind of will help you get, you know, help get us through a little bit.
0: Well, there's playoffs
1: in the air. Can you feel it? Yeah. You know what uh, my wife was saying? It's exciting, but it's also kind of sad that you can't fully experience it like the Washington team should, given where they started and what all that's gone through. You know, you see almost how parades going down the street, but but we're still excited about it.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I mean, we jump right into it. Uh, Speaking of playoffs, uh, what do you think? You know, I know you're a defensive guy. What do you think the uh, Washington team has to do defensively to
1: neutralize uh, Tom Brady? Well, so, you know, and looking at Tom Brady and and, and the years that I've seen him, uh, one of the things I I think uh, from what I can see is that he doesn't like getting hit pressure up the middle, straight up the middle and uh and so he's he's not mobile as mobile uh he doesn't want to get hit. he's aged a little bit still accurate still has the arm but if you can if you can get it to the middle of him and get him to step back, get him outside his comfort zone a little bit and you know our defense we've been covering well enough to, to slow it down. I think if you hit him a few times then he'll start forcing things because I don't think he wants to get hit and don't think he likes to get hit.
0: Ken, what does uh? <clears throat> what does that front four do for you guys that play in the middle of the field there behind them
1: well uh when i played i was kind of one of the front fours on the you know pass rushing and all that type of stuff but what it what it would do for the linebackers a lot, a lot of things are timing, right? Uh, if you can put pressure on the quarterback, then he doesn't, he doesn't have time to do the quick passes, to see the guys that he's looking for, to have time to try to read the whole defense. He has somebody in his face right away. If he does, if he has someone in his face, and he's going to be tempted to throw a quick pass, it opens up interceptions. It opens up uh, the opportunity for you to dictate the game instead of him dictating the game. So, you know, it, it, it I look at this game, and a lot of it's going to be based on offensive line versus defensive line whose line is going to be the best at stopping people from getting to the quarterback because if you look on the other side of it Alex Smith is there but you know we all know that he's not as as as, uh, as much of a runner as he used to be and so in the last game it kind of showed it that if he if he's forced out the pocket forced out his comfort zone he's a lot easier to target to get to and and Tampa's going to probably jump on that um you know, I know you
2: played on some pretty, pretty good defenses in your time with this Washington defense going from the bottom of the league to the top of the league. Do you think it was more the additions of a uh, Chase Young or uh, um, maybe a Kendall Fuller as opposed to or and or a, a change of philosophy on the defense because they still have a lot of the
1: same pieces that they had the past few years yeah no doubt it's uh <clears throat> the a lot of the the defense is about the attitude right if you look at every team you got to have a certain mixture of players you got to have those players that are going to talk the talk but also back it up and get you riled up the ones that talk the game you got to have the quiet players that that just do their job and do it officially and do it well you got to have you know some of those guys that are solid bedrock people that never get into publicity and the fame but they're the ones that are solid for the team. And so I think with, with the Washington team, it starts at the top. If you know, if you have a coach that said, this is my belief. And if you believe in me and you keep believing in what I'm putting out there, then we're going to win the game. And I think he tried to set the tone early on. You know, this is, this is the type of defense we're going to be. We got these first rounders, you know, you guys, I don't care how good you are, what you are on on name and paper, you got to perform. And then when guys start performing, everybody wants to outdo each other. And that's the that's the good thing about when you're young. Everybody wants to outdo each other. It's like you're like, you got a sack? Oh man, I, I want that sack. And you're fighting for a sack. I mean, that's 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 to me, that's what a great defense is that everybody's competing against each other to try to get better. And then on the other side of the ball, if your defense is that good and your practices indicate that your defense is that good, then your offense has to be better just because you're going up against one of the best defense. Uh, I think some of the teams get into trouble where they have a great defense, but they don't want to go out and practice against a great defense. And so they kind of hold back and the offense is never used to that type of defense in the game. So, you know, I think, uh, I think you got the right coaching staff and now you have the right players.
0: Ken, it has seemed like the defense has gotten better as the year goes along. I'm curious from your standpoint, like, When can you tell that a defense is starting to get it, that the communication's right? I mean, how much time does that take? And and can you feel it when you're in in the practice and on the field? I'll
1: give this quick analogy, and I know I kind of talk a lot, but uh, like when I used to train, when I used to run, you know, those first couple of weeks, you're running, you're sucking air, and you're hating it, and you're thinking about quitting, you don't want to do it. But then there's a point where it clicks over, and then you start enjoying the pain, and you start enjoying running, and you start feeling like, man, I can do this, and you start really rolling. And I think that was kind of the defensive format is, is you know, Jack Derril's like, you got to believe in us. Um, w- w- you know, you're not going to do things like I've seen teams panic because things aren't going the way they were supposed to go, and players feed off of that. If a coach panics and all of a sudden it's like, well, my team isn't doing this, and I got, I got a blitz, so I got to do whatever. You feed off of that, but if your coach is always saying, look, I believe in you guys. You do what you're going to do. We don't have to do anything extra. We just want you to master what you're going to master and, and do and play your game. Then that's when a team starts doing it. And then you see results and that's when you have those players that can start yelling, can start saying, Hey guys, we can do this thing and back up their talk. You know, there's nothing worse than having a player that talks the game, but, but can't back it up. <laughs> um you know, I know we're talking playoffs,
2: but over your time, you know, obviously you're a former member of the team and you know, forever, you know. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, um, you know, over the years, you know, obviously this Washington team hasn't been as good as everybody would have hoped for that that are fans of the team. How has it been as a former player, just like all of the turmoil going on in the organization, the coaching staff turnovers, the player turnovers, like as a former player, like how do you as you see that, like,
1: how does that make you feel? Well, I mean, you're, 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 you're sad for the team in the sense that you know the potential is there and you know what the team could be. Even with some of the players that they've had in the past, you know what could be, but you saw pieces and, and, and sections missing. And in your mind, you knew, well, if they did this or if they changed that or if they almost did, you know, then it, w- it would probably work. And so I think the hardest thing is that knowing what the legacy is and then seeing how far it dropped. It wasn't, it wasn't that you went from great to okay and you had some good years and some bad years. You had all bad years, you know, for the most part. And, and that, that was, you know, you go off of this legacy of this is a Washington team that dominated, that was a playing team that, that controlled their destiny to go to trying to pay people to go to the game, you know, to get them in the stands. That's I think, what hurt most players uh, in, in, in my generation and the generation before. That was kind of sad to see uh, it get to that to that level. But I do think with all everything that's gone on with all the the drama, it's finally gotten to a point where changes have been forced to be made, and those changes are good changes that are taking the team in a different direction. I mean, getting Ron Rivera was a result of getting a coach that was finally not afraid to say, this is my team, everybody back away. I'm gonna run it the way I want it to run. And he had that authority because it had gotten so far down the drain. So uh, it's a good thing. It may take some time, but you know, he's showing right now that the team is resilient. And once they go into this season and then the next year, the attitude is we can do this thing. And that's the the hidden part of winning a game is attitude. Ken, who was the hardest tackle that you went up against? (laughs) Tackle, ooh, you know I don't remember half the tackles' names. I mean, I, (laughs) I, um, you know, I, I, I I remember, you know, when I played going against Dallas, it was tough sometimes. Um, Yeah, I can't, I couldn't really say because I, to me, in my mind, my my own little selfish mind at the time was like, I don't need to know your name; you need to know my name, and that was kind of my attitude. So I didn't really pay attention to uh, what their names were. I wanted them at the end of the day to look at me and say, hey, hey, 57, man, you were coming at me. And, and that's uh, that's what I had a few times.
0: And so then um, I assume that you appreciate Chase Young calling out Tom Brady.
1: You know, I respect it. I, I I appreciate it. The good thing is, like I said, the hardest thing is if you have a player who talks a lot but doesn't back it up because players feed off of that, right? They want to see you do something. You got a player who said it, and, and it was innocently enough. He's excited. You know, this is this. It's your first year in the NFL, and you're doing all these great things, and you made it to the playoffs, and you're going against one of the best. I understand it completely. You know, whether it's a, you know, it's, it's a bold move, right? You know, but it's it's through the excitement. Brady's a, Brady's a bad boy, and there's no doubt about it. But there is an opportunity for the Washington team to beat Tampa. There, there are a few things that they'll have to do, but there is an opportunity there. Um, in all of your years, you know, NFL, college, who would you
2: say? And, and it doesn't have to be the most popular, obviously. But who do, who would you say was the best player that you've ever played with on the defensive side of the ball?
1: On the defensive side, yes. Um, you know, so it, it, it's it's hard because it, it, it was there were different things. And, and players in the past, like uh, Tim McDonald, who was with the Cardinals back when I played, you know, didn't get all the recognition, but was a was a great player. Freddie Joe Nunn was a, was a, I thought he had a, you know, I tried to really learn from him how he did his pass rush moves. Um, and then when you come came here with with the Washington team, you know, you saw guys like Money Coleman, and you said, you know what, that that's a man, that's a beast, and so you say, I, I want to be like that. Uh, there are some great players by their positions that made them great but a lot of times great players also it's part of a team you know some players that may have the big name but they have the big name because what people don't see on the films on monday is that they were doing everything outside of what they were supposed to do they may have made the big play but they had the good team to back them up to cover their back so if they went off script they were still you know they still knew each other well enough to back it up Sound like a politician, right? I'm invading every question, but I'm giving you an answer.
2: No, no, you, you yeah, gave you, some, you gave some good names. Like you know, some of the names you mentioned, people may not be that familiar with. That's why I asked. Um, a lot of times, people automatically assume you'll go to the the big name and not. The people who the grinders, the day in day out, they just do right. their job and they
1: and it, get the recognition. And it depends on like what do you consider good. Like there were good guys, the guys that I mentioned were not only good players but they were good mentors, right? Uh, so, so my first year coming to the Washington team was probably my best years as, as far as sack wise. But that was because you know I'm working out with Money Coleman, and when I'm ready to give up, he's like, "Come on, man, get me, you know," and he's pushing me. Tim Tim Johnson, who you know didn't have a big name, but every time I run off the sideline, he's like, "Man, this is what you need to do." I'm looking at you, and, and you need to do this. Jim Lachey and 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 Lewis Sharpin with the uh, with the Cardinals and practice, in practice every day, kicking my butt, but then helping me up and saying, "Hey, this is why this is why I was able to beat you. This is why you know I got you on the ground." Those are the things that you don't see, and that's that's kind of sometimes what makes a really good team is is those underlying things that you may not hear about, but they're the reasons why a team becomes better.
0: I was glad you said that because I was curious. uh, The defensive line on this team is where they hang their hat on. In practice, what does that do for the offensive line?
1: Right. So so in practice, like you know you gotta, you gotta buckle up. You know, here, here's like what I've heard. Like the, the, the practices prior to this year had been, a lot of them had been soft practices, you know, us as older guys, older generation, like back in my day, we practiced, you know, five times a day, but the practices can dictate how the team is going to play. So if you got, if you got these all pros, you got these young guys, you got these guys who don't want to take it easy because they're older and they said they're gonna come at you every time. Then you can't help but become either better, or you'll get beat out. You know, you'll get beat up in practice and made an example of. So you'll get better, and then everything that you go on the field, you've already seen. You've already seen a guy through three or four moves on a pass rush. You've already seen a powerful guy dragging you and trying to push you back to the quarterback. Your quarterback is is being pressured, so he's having to run and think off his, you know, quickly off his feet because he's already used to it. But that also goes to your coaching staff and how they present practice, how you know how they the tempo that they want in practice, what they let let go by, how much they baby the superstars, you know, all that kind of plays into how well a team does. Nice, nice. His attitude. I mean, I'm look. No one's going to touch. I'm sure no one. You know, if you touch Trump, Tom Brady, you're probably out of a job. You know, but <laughs> but the goal is they're going to say. You got to get to him. You got to beat the person in front of you and then get to him. And then you, you, you put your hands up and say, "Whoa, it's champ. I would have got you. But that's kind of the fun part of the game, right? Is, is you want to be beat your guy and then run up to him, pat him on the head and say, Hey, boy, I would have got, I would have got you. So, you know, that would be a good part of the game in practice. You mentioned,
0: Uh, you thought there were three keys to coming out of this thing with a victory. Please tell us.
1: Well, It's one is going to be the, 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 it's going to be a line battle. It's going to be offense, defensive line battle. And, and whoever has, whoever's protects the most and whoever gets to the quarterback the most, you know, they go, they go hand in hand, right? With, with Alex Smith, he's not going to, he's not he's not going to be able to run out the pocket and, and and throw it off of his feet as much and as quick. So if their defense gets to him early, it could be a long game. Same thing. If, if our defense gets to Brady, like I said earlier, he's not going to want to get hit in the face. And so he's going to, he'll give up the ball. You know, that's, that's one of his things running game, you know, our running game has been good, but it's only been good against bad teams. And so you got two teams that the run that depends a lot on the pass and, and does a lot with the pass, but, Tampa's running game is a lot better than our running game at the time you know if you go side by side so it's which running game is going to perform because if it's all pat if it's all of a passing game i think it you know like i said it'll come down to the pass rush but they're going to try to sprinkle in the running game whose running game is going to be the one that's that's better and then i think it's those unknown positions the tight ends that that are going to play a little role in this uh you know the washington you're going to have to, you got all these great receivers that you're going to have to cover. So it's going to be how well does your linebackers cover Gronk that, that, you know, his safety zone when he throws it and dump it off to him. But on the flip side is how well are they going to be able to cover our tight end? Because, you know, that's been our safety zone for, for right now. And if we could dump things off to him, then that could be a turnaround of the game as well. And then one more thing, like all coaches and all practices, it's, Who makes the least amount of mistakes and maybe special teams?
2: Um, We hear a lot about leaders in sports um, on teams. And, you know, you have some people say it's overrated and and some people say it's important. In your opinion, how important is leadership in the locker room? And does it matter if it's, you know, like in the Washington case, I've heard Terry McLaurin is a leader, young guy um how important do you feel leadership is in the locker room
1: it's no doubt like one it's it's two ways one is it's the pressure of of either being scared or not wanting to disappoint your leaders you know you can be scared to death of some guys and you got to run back to the sideline he's looking at you and ready to get in your face and and so you can be scared to death of them or because of the love and fear you you respect you say i want to do this for the leader um, then it's also kind of like, I'm sure you guys have been in moments where you're like, God, I don't feel like doing this. And that guy's coming out like, come on, man, we gotta do this, we gotta finish this. That, that leader that picks you up uh, mentally uh, when you're down, you need that type of person that keeps you going. So it's as important you know, as everything, but then at the end, your actions will speak louder than your words. So if, if you're a leader that just talks the talk, but doesn't really do anything, whatever, if you're a leader that said, we got to win this game and then you go out and you strip the ball and you cause a fumble, then everybody's riled up. If you got a quarterback, you know, with all the injuries with his leg and the whole thing, that's saying, I'm willing to go out there and sacrifice that's leadership. You got a coach who's you know has cancer, who who you know could easily give in and say it's okay. I'm I'm, I'm ready to roll this up, but say, I'm going to win it and I'm going to bring this team and we're going to do this thing. That's leadership. So you know sometimes you don't have to speak it. It's a lot of your actions as well.
0: Ken, if we can switch gears real quick, I was saw the other day uh, you wrote a children's book with Terry Crews. I was hoping you tell us a little bit about it. So
1: I've, I've written several children's books uh, and I wrote one with Terry uh, and I'll tell you about that one. And then I just wrote one that just came out. Uh, so it's two different books. Uh, the one I wrote with Terry, we, we wrote it actually 21 years ago and uh, my boys were six and four. And so, you know, we republished it a, a year and a half ago. And, you know, it was really, a, it was kind of a, a testament to who Cruz is as a person because 21 years ago, you know, that's a long time. And I call him up and I'm like, dude, you know, this thing's just kind of sitting on my computer and I'm not doing anything with it. I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God, like, what am I supposed to do with, with the talents I have? And I go on a look at this book and I'm like, you know, we, we need to get this book out to kids. And so Terry's like, oh, I love the idea. I'll pay for everything and let's do it. We're going to do this a hundred percent. You know, it's 21 years. He's a movie star. He has many other things on his on his plate. He's like, let's do this thing. i hundred percent. And then I had another friend who had augmented reality and so we created uh, the book with augment using augmented reality, which you can put your phone over the picture and then it comes alive on your phone. It's kind of a, you know, bridge between technology and reading. And then the the book that I just did that just came out is called uh, the me that needs to be and it's about financial literacy. Uh, as, as a young kid, you know, so it's kind of like me going back in time and talking to the young me, talking to the middle me and, to, and talking to the older me and saying, you know, if if you had money, what would you do with this? You know, put it, learn, learn the basic principles, put it in three jar, jars, your save, your give and your spend jar and, um, and and just learn the kind of basic principles. And even right now, it's like as I as I talked about, it, I'm like looking at the the world and you are kind of like, man, there are a lot of people hurting how are you going to write about a financial book? But then on the flip side, you're like, that's why there's a part about that save jar, a uh, uh, give jar, because there are a lot of people who need, and you want to hopefully be in the, uh, the position to help people as well as saving and spend on things yourself. So uh, the book with Terry is called Come Find Me. We actually have the book. We have a augmented reality game that's coming out, online game that's coming out next year. This year, I guess, and uh, and then the book that's out now is called The Me That Needs to Be. Um, the Me That Needs to Be is on Amazon.com. Come Find Me is comefindmebooks.com.
0: There you go. He so, is Ken Harvey, and we appreciate it so much that you gave us some of your time today. Yeah, no, you guys,
1: you know, like I said, I get to go on and you can be like, dang, and this brother, shut up, man. <laughs> but, but I appreciate you guys allowing me to talk and, uh, you know, just uh, football's over with. But there's, uh, you know, one of the things you learn is that there's so many things in the world that you can do and try to use the gifts that you have. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for your time. Have a good one.
2: Okay, we're done recording. Yes, sir.